So I want you guys to go with me to Matthew 15, and we're going to read verse 32. It says, Now Jesus called his disciples to himself and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. And I do not want to send them away hungry, lest they faint on the way. Now, I want to stop right there for just a second. He has compassion, not just on these people. He has compassion for all of us. Mm -hmm. And so when we're reading this, we should take this personally, not just, oh, that was a good story back then. It still applies to us today True. because not only does he take compassion, what does he say? He said, they followed him for three days. So these people are with him. They want to know more about what he has to say. And then at the very end of this particular verse, he says he doesn't want them to go away hungry. Think about that for a second. He does not want us to go away unsatisfied. He doesn't want us to go away in a place where we're depleted to where we are weak and we can't keep going. And so here when we're reading this, we should get encouraged because knowing that God has compassion on us, no matter where you're at in life, and he wants you to be filled up. He wants to be that bread of life, which the word of God says he is. And so he wants to give us that goodness, that flavor in life. But let's keep going here. Verse 33, then his disciples said to him, where could we get enough bread in the wilderness to fill such a great multitude? Now, the disciples are looking naturally and they're saying, there are a lot of people here. Where are we going to get enough food to even feed all of these people? Right. This idea is just beyond what they can comprehend. Verse 34, Jesus said to them, how many loaves do you have? And they said, seven and a few little fish. Jesus doesn't agree with them and say, I know it's a lot of people and I know that it seems impossible. What does he do? He redirects what they said or their focus, have you, and says, what do you have? That's right. Well, he says that to us all the time. We're like, well, I don't know. This is so big. This is so impossible. And Jesus is saying, what do you have then? Yeah. And again, we can look at what we have and say, well, I don't have much. I just have. And they're saying, well, we only have seven and a few fish. To them, this is insignificant, right? But again, Jesus keeps going. So he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the ground. Now, again, there's a plan taking place here. But even in the natural, it still seems like this is a dumb plan to the disciples because they're like, well, who cares if we group them up? We still only, do you remember what we told you? Sure. We only had this much, but they were obedient and they still did what was told. And he <coughs> took the seven loaves and the fish and gave thanks, broke them and gave them to his disciples and the disciples gave to the multitudes. Another amazing thing. <clears throat> The first thing he does is he takes what was given and gives thanks. Guys, sometimes we need to just stop. Not sometimes, all the time. We need to stop and give thanks for what we do have. Yeah. And in us giving thanks, we are now making that transfer of saying, this 
was mine, right? You know, I worked for this, whatever it was. Um, I made this wages. And I'm thanking you, Lord, for providing me with this. And as we're doing that, there's a transfer and a handoff. So we'll be the little handoff. So I'm saying, thank you, Lord, for this. And as I'm saying, thank you, I'm turning it over to you, which in this case, he's going to be God. Okay. <laughs> I know, big shoes, Bill. And as he takes it, now it's out of our hands. We have done, we've given what we had. And now he, God, can add that multiplication in it, that blessing. And in turn, we receive back True. what? That 160, 30 fold. Right. Now, keep going here because it's still, it gets even better. So we'll go back to 35. So he commanded the multitudes to sit on the ground and he took the seven loaves and the fish and gave thanks, broke them and gave them to his disciples and his disciples gave to the multitude. So they all ate, all of them, not just some of them, all of them, and were filled. Not, oh, I got enough to get by to make it back home, but I'm still hungry. You know, it's like going into the pantry and grabbing a bag of chips because you're hungry. It does a little bit of the job, but a little bit later, you're like, I'm still hungry. I want to go back and get something else. Right. Here he's saying they were filled. They had more than enough. And they took up, huh? They started with what? Seven loaves mm -hmm. and a few fish. But in the end, they took up seven large baskets full of the fragments that yeah. were left. Yeah. Now, those who ate were 4,000 men. That's besides the women and the children, it says. Mm. And he, sent away the multitude, got into the boat, and then he left, of course. But what I want you guys to get a hold of this morning is Jesus took what they had. He wasn't saying, well, you need to figure it out and you need to get a little bit more and then bring it. He's like, no, what do you have right now at this very moment? So I'm going to ask you, what do you have right now at this very moment? No matter what it is, it's not insignificant to God. He wants you to give thanks for what you do have. And in turn, make that transfer and say, Lord, I'm giving this to you because yeah. I trust you, because I love you, because I want to honor you and worship you. And as you do that, he says, now I can come on the scene and actually multiply that seed that you're sowing. That's what they did. They sowed what they had. Oh, and the little boy, the, I mean, the, the young man who brought it. Mm -hmm. you, what are the odds you think that he didn't take home more than he brought? Oh, 100%. So, like, even it says, seven large baskets full. Mm -hmm. They did not start with seven right. baskets full. So, right there, you can say, oh, my gosh, I gave, you know, this, mm -hmm. and now I'm getting back way more than I got. That's how God operates. It's not, oh, you give me this and I'll give you back dollar for dollar. Or, right. you know, I'm just going to hold this for you and then I'll give it back to you when you really need it. Yeah, no. no, God's not a piggy bank. Okay. Multiplication. <laughs> he is a God that takes that little portion and says, now I can do something with it. Right. It's all about 
that willing and obedience, right? The word of God tells us if we're willing and obedient, we'll eat the good of the land. Mm -hmm. We have to have that willingness and that obedience to his word for him to actually come in and cause things to be shaken, for things to turn around that looked impossible. It's not that God doesn't want to help each and every one of us. It's a matter of he is limited based off of what we give him rights to do here on this earth. Because he gave us power and authority here on the earth. And we are supposed to use that. Well, we can use it for good or we can use it for bad. But think about it. God cannot do anything on our behalf unless we release him and say, all right, you have access. Mm -hmm. But so many times we can sit around and say, well, God must not have wanted me to have that because he didn't give it to me. Or, you know, I'm going through this. You know, I'm not good enough. No, that's the lies of the enemy. And he comes to still kill and destroy. We tell you this all the time, John 10, 10. But the finishing of that verse is I, which is Jesus, have come that you may have a life and have it more abundantly. Amen. Don't just read the first part that, you know, the thieves coming in to steal, kill and destroy. There's good news to that part. So despite whatever the enemy tries to take, the word also tells us that if we catch the thief stealing, he has to pay it back to us. That's right. Sevenfold. Sevenfold. Huh. How many times have you caught the thief stealing in your life? Man. Yeah. So we need to start saying, all right, write it down all the times that you can recall that the enemy has stolen from you. Start adding it up and saying, man, this return's looking good. Go back and do not let the enemy steal one more thing from you. That's right. Say, nope, I'm giving what I have to the Lord. I'm allowing him the right to intervene here on this earth to be able to take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it for good. But we can twist that to where we say, well, you know, God put this on me and now he's bringing me out. So now I can, you know, be a testimony for someone else. Guys, God is not the one putting bad on us and turning it for good to make him look good. That is not the kind of God that we serve. The enemy is the one that tries to put things on us. Mm -hmm. And when we allow God to intervene on our behalf, he takes what the enemy did. And he can turn it around for our good. Mm-hmm. So be mindful of, we don't have to go through tests and trials or at least stay in them for sure. We can say, okay, the enemy tried his hardest in this area. Lord, I need your help. I need your wisdom. I need your sure. guidance. I need to know what to do in this situation. And then as the Lord begins to talk to us and we listen to the Holy Spirit, now we're able to operate on a completely different level because now we have the foresight. We're not just, I don't know about what's going to happen tomorrow. We're not worried about tomorrow because God already knows the future. He already knows what happens 20 years from now, a hundred years from now. He knows the end before it even happens. So we can have assurance and confidence in his word. So when we are preparing our seed, we're not doing it with a, oh, I don't know. Right. The word of God says if we're double minded, then we're going to be unstable in all of our ways. And we can't go back and forth, read the word and say, I believe this. And then the next day say, that sounds good, but I don't think it's going to happen. Read it again. Oh, I believe that. 
<laughs> that's being un, uh, double-minded. Mm -hmm. And if we're double-minded, we're unstable. Well, if we're unstable, what happens? We're going to fall. We're going to end up in a place we don't want to be. But when we read his word and we take it for what it is, which is the truth, and we say, Lord, I believe your word. I receive what you have for me. We send our angels on assignment because we can do that. Isn't that cool? And then everything starts working That's just right. how it's supposed to. So this morning, as you're preparing your seed, don't do it out of a heart of, I don't know what's going to happen if I do this. Because if that's the state you're in, don't do it right now. Get your heart right and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? This is all I have. That may be where you're at. This is all I have, Lord. And he'll begin to show you, if you will give what you have to me, I will multiply that seed and you will get back a greater harvest. So if you have a church, though, that you attend to, your tithe belongs to that church. Okay. Anything above that is your offering. And then you can give that to multiple different ministries and things like that. But again, if you have a home church, your tithe needs to go to that church. That's right. But this morning, we want to get you in a place to where you have increase and you have overflow in this new year. We do not want you to barely get by and just live for that check to finally come in so you can pay everything and then write it out till the next check. God wants us to have more than enough in abundance to the full till it overflows. But we are here for you. We pray over your seeds. We want, again, multiplication in your life.